This week on the Off the Crossbar podcast, we bring you another 20 in 20 with number 20 of the Georgia Swarm, Jordan Hall. Plus, the National Lacrosse League had a house party on Zoom. The Lacrosse Flash is bringing you the top plays of the year. And unfortunately, we're still without lacrosse. All that and more on OTCB. I am an What is good, lacrosse fans, and welcome to another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast here on SoundCloud, Spotify, NLL Radio, the Lacrosse Flash, wherever you get your social listening. We appreciate you. My name's Teddy Jenner. You can find me on Twitter at Off the Crossbar. You can email me, teddy.jenner at gmail.com. And you can find me getting killed by 13 year olds on PlayStation Call of Duty. At Ted I Ruxpin. How are you all doing? It's been over a month since we've had a professional lacrosse game played. And I, like many of you, am really, really starting to miss my weekends, my lacrosse, my travel, the fellas. I'm missing Jamie Shuchuk's Snapchats from up top Mount Loud. I miss John Gallant mispronouncing names, even though we tell him how to properly pronounce them. I just miss it all. And I know you all do too, and hopefully we can have some sort of lacrosse in a couple of months. The NLL still has hope, so I still have hope. But unfortunately, we're getting more and more word from CLA organizations from Junior C to Junior B, even Junior A, starting to end their season before it even starts. Junior C in Ontario has canceled their season. Uh, Junior B and Junior A out here in BC are waiting till the middle of May uh, when the CLA makes sort of a final-ish decision. And so, like so many leagues, people's athletes were in limbo. And we just kind of have to wait and see. And in the meantime, there's still lots to do. On Wednesday night, the National Lacrosse League had their first ever Zoom house party. Uh, There was like 200 people on there, fans, players, broadcasters, even Stinger, the Swarm mascot, was there. I didn't hear him talk for some reason. thought that guy would have like a high-pitched helium voice. He just, he just wouldn't say anything on the Zoom chat. I was a little upset. But I had a lot of fun. Uh, Brendan Shanahan showed up. The National Hockey League's uh, sheriff, if you, if you will. Head of... Uh, what's he the head of? Um, player safety, I think. And rules and suspensions and all that I can't remember his actual title for some reason right now but that was kind of cool to see both Shanahan's on the call and to hear Brendan talk about uh, Adam Oates if you don't know Adam Oates I believe still holds the Ontario Junior A record for most points and goals in a game I believe it was 29 points and 13 goals or something like that something ridiculous I think one person told me that in that game Oatesy just sat at center and wait for the breakaway pass and 
the goaltender couldn't stop him. But there were some great stories. Uh, it was great to see some faces. You know, uh, Craig Rubzinski was there. Paul Dawson was there. Brian Smith, the Philadelphia Wings guy, was there. Jake Elliott looking slimmer than ever. Jessica Berman, the commissioner, Nick Sakevich. There was a ton of people. Dane Doby showed up. It was awesome. We had refs. We had refs chirping players, players chirping refs. It was a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if they'll do it again, but it wouldn't be a terrible idea. Uh, Great job by Devin for trying to orchestrate it all because that was not easy. I believe you can go to the NLL's YouTube page and watch the whole house party. It's only like 40 minutes. It was a lot of fun. And those are just some of the things that we can do to stay connected and to try to bridge the gap within this social distancing. Uh, I know the Toronto Rock guys were having a bit of an online poker tournament. I believe the Rush guys have done that as well. So even though teams and players can't get together, they're still all trying to find ways to be together and fun ways and to chat online, whether it's over the phone or Skype or Zoom, just trying to find a way to find some normalcy because sitting in our houses all alone, gets really, really boring. Anyways, we move on. Jordan Hall. He has been in this league for a little over 10 years. Career high of 81 points came in his second year as a member of the New York Titans. He was a part of the one-and-done Orlando Titans that... Went to the NLL Championship game against Calgary. One of my favorite players to watch in the National Crossing and a big friend of the show. He's been on OTCB uh, for many a time, dating back to our first years uh, a decade ago. He's a blue hen. He's the pride of Surrey, BC. Gets a bad rap at times. He'll elaborate on that. He'll also elaborate on uh, why he's not wearing number 44, and he's got a bit of a bone to pick with a member of the Georgia Swarm. I think you could figure that out pretty quickly. But Jordan Hall was a 2017 Champions Cup winner. He was also a 2017 Sportsman of the Year. He's one of the good guys in the National Lacrosse, and he joins us here for this week's OTCB 20 and 20. Tries to find Lyle's streak again. Still loose. Jordan Hall has it back. He's checked at the board. Gonna try for the dunk shot. He's got it. He's got it. Jordan Hall goes flying through the air. Comes around from back behind Bouquet and comes in with a dunk shot. It's 3-1 to Georgia. Who says the dunk contest is overrated? Jordan Hall. I think that may win any sports dunk contest tonight. Hall, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Teddy. Thanks for having me. No problem, man. I appreciate you doing this. I know you're a busy man. Uh, you still have essential, quote-unquote, work to do. Yeah, I sell toilet paper and hand sanitizer, so uh, we've been we've been very busy. You are a popular guy, then. Yes, yes. Right now, I'm, I, I never thought uh, my work would be uh, so popular, to be honest with you. <laughs> are you guys stocks going through the roof? Uh, no, we're, 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 you know, just like everybody else, we're getting hit. Uh, but, yeah. uh, 
we're staying, we're staying busy and we're employed. So I guess that's the important thing. That's good. You're not running out of food or anything like that in the household. No, no, no. I did get stopped. I had to have a, I had to have a mask on at, uh, uh, at Trader Joe's yesterday, but uh, oh. otherwise still, still eating and still working out and still uh, going to work kind of the regular well, schedule. Uh, minus the uh, weekend travels for the National Lacrosse How much do you miss it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, maybe, maybe I think my girlfriend misses it just as much. Uh, we're spending <laughs> a lot of time together. So uh, I think she wants me away, but uh, yeah, I, I miss, I miss getting on the road and, and seeing the guys and, um, even, even working out, it's kind of lost its luster. You don't, you don't really yeah. have that, like, Hey, keep my body in shape. And I, I, I'm, I'm playing for something. So I, I really do miss it. Well, let's hop right into 20 and 20. Uh, first question right off the bat, uh, 2004, you were all the way back, uh, playing Surrey Stickman lacrosse and intermediate and BC junior lacrosse. What was a young 2004 Jordan Hall like? Uh, it's very, it was very much, uh, back then those were my Surrey days. I like to say I'm more of a white rock, uh, guy yeah. these days, but, uh, um, yeah, uh, uh, you know, in fights, uh, I think I had my, my hair dyed blonde, like every lacrosse player yeah. uh, for playoffs and, uh, uh, just, just enjoying lacrosse. I thought, uh, you know, I thought Surrey lacrosse was the pinnacle of lacrosse and, and little did I know. What, what were uh, what were those jerseys like? Because I remember seeing those Surrey Stickman jerseys back in the day, and they weren't the coolest, but they weren't the worst. Yeah, yeah. well, there's some some pretty interesting jerseys in the you know in the Iron League loop that is the uh, WLA, um, yeah. especially the, especially at the junior uh, junior level. But uh, yeah, we basically had a giant lacrosse ball that had arms that was holding a lacrosse stick, and uh, the colors were were black, teal, and gray. So. Uh, they could have been up there for, for one of the worst. That's they sure. definitely could have been. Um, how did you get from Surrey to University of Delaware? Because we know Curtis Dixon got there because you kind of helped them get there. What was your motivating factor to get to UD? Yeah, that was probably my biggest con- uh, contribution to, uh, to UD <laughs> is recruiting Curtis. But, um, my, you know, it's funny. My, uh, uh, my dad was in the stands. We were playing Burnaby one night, and Matt Brown is, is a year older than me. And uh, Jamie Monroe was the head coach of the University of Denver at the time, and he was there scouting Matt Brown. Matt Brown was an unbelievable uh, player throughout his career, but uh, he was also one of those guys that, you know, was probably the size he is since he's been 15, and he had a yeah. you know full beard, and he was always the guy that you were like, how old is Who is that guy? How old is he? He was like and, seven you know, straight yeah. Mentos or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he had an unbelievable, and he was, you know, growing up, he was always their best player, and yeah. trying to play against him was a was a nightmare, and, and Burnaby always had these really good teams, and Matt Brown was a huge part of that. So, I was playing against Matt Brown, and, and uh, my dad, you know, asked the, 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 you know, kind of the older guy sitting by himself at the University of Denver, Jack and I just said, hey, what are you doing here, and, and got talking, and, and he asked who, who his kid was, my dad's son, and my dad pointed me out and he said, Oh, you know, he's pretty good. You should, uh, if you're serious, you should look to get into a camp in the U S my dad asked about it. And then I ended up at, uh, uh, one of those camps on the East coast, um, yeah. and on the recommendation of Jamie Monroe and, and got a scholarship and got all these different offers and, and ended up, uh, ended up at Delaware. Why did UD win out? Uh, you remember the movie Van Wilder? It was a lot like yeah. that. I, I, yeah. I, that movie was released and it was very much like a, 
you know, man, is that what college in the U.S. is like? Uh, and, yeah. uh, I, I did some I did some trips. I remember uh, Cornell called me and were really interested. And my dad asked how much they were. He said forty thousand um, dollars. You know, he said, do you offer scholarships? And they said no. And my dad just like, you know, kind of gave me a look from the other room and just said, hang up the phone. And so that, that was, that was kind of out. You know, I, we've learned they offer grant money and things like that, but we, you know, it was, it was the, it was really just getting down there, seeing the campus. Um, you know, uh, I hung out with Scott Evans, uh, during my stay and, and got wow. to know the team and the guys. And I, I, I loved it. Yeah. Um, did you go to Klondike Cates a lot? Wow, good, good call. Yes, I did. I spent many a many an evening in there. <laughs> Curtis said it was a bit of a dive. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm surprised Kurt remembers it. So, uh, <laughs> big fan of that place. Yeah, um, you got four years at, at UD. Your, your final year, you guys go to the Final Four. What do you remember about uh, that great run for the program? Yeah, I just I, I remember it being a lot of fun and and. Um, you know, we, uh, uh, we were, we were a, a group that was kind of one of those teams too, that just really peaked at the right time, which, you know, I think I've, I've, I've learned from, uh, winning the moat as much as, as having a, a good team and a good group of guys is, is peaking at the right time. And, and we kind of just went on a run. Um, obviously we, we ran out of gas, uh, gas against a, a very loaded Johns Hopkins team, but yeah. playing in front of 55,000 people, uh, I mean, my God, having a flyover with, with jets, if, if you've never had that in a game you're playing, uh, four is, I mean, you feel it, you feel it in the plums. It's uh it's a, it's a very, it's a very cool feeling before a game. And, and, um, uh, that, yeah, that's one of my favorite memories is going to the final four. And even though we lost, it's still such a good achievement for the school and, um, you know, playing with those guys and kind of being the underdog and, and winning a few weeks in a row to get there was, was awesome. I guess that's not something young kids grow up dreaming about is having a, a flyover in front of 55,000 people inside a football stadium. But that, like you said, that'd be a pretty, pretty cool moment high up there on the list. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, when you're, when you're growing up in Surrey playing lacrosse, I never thought I'd want to end up on the East coast playing lacrosse. I didn't know much about it. And then, you know, what, what, who would we have fly overhead? Right. So <laughs> <laughs> Some boundary bay airport by by yeah. planes or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Does uh does the city of Surrey get a bad rap? Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, I mean, um, I, I think it gets a bad rap. I think there's uh obviously there's a lot of people in Surrey, right? But Surrey, listen, Surrey's got some bad pockets, and and I haven't I haven't lived at home full time in a long time. Uh, but uh, yeah, there's there's. There's much of it deserved and maybe some of it not, but, uh, yeah, Surrey, Surrey, Surrey interesting. Is there a hidden gem that people need to go visit in Surrey? Uh, there were, uh, as far as I remember, but those, those places are closed down, but yes, yeah. there, were, there were definitely some hidden gems. <laughs> um, do you miss the West coast? Cause you're out in Philadelphia. You've been there for a while now. You've been living on the East coast, you know, pretty much since school. What do you miss most about, uh, the best coast? Uh, yeah, well, good leading question with your, you know, best coast. Uh, I, I really, I do miss the West coast. Um, you know, everybody kind of goes the opposite way. It seems like they play mm-hmm. summer ball out West and, and get trapped and, and fall in love out there. And, um, I, mine was really more, I love lacrosse was kind of the, the reason I ended up here. I, I got a scholarship yeah. to Delaware and then I was drafted by New York and that was six or seven years. And then naturally I started looking for a job and all my connections to be honest, we're, you know, we're out 
out out east if I wanted to get into the business world. And so yeah, of course um, that's what that's what kind of got me out here. But it was really because of lacrosse. It was a lacrosse scholarship, and it was because of. Uh, and, and to be honest, most of my business connections that I'm talking about are people you're connected with uh, to get a job were lacrosse. So yeah, um, yeah. so that you know that's what that's what you know has has kept me out here. I, I do love you know, the, the, the friends that are, are kind of like family out here now. And, um, but I mean, you know, I, every time I go home, my girlfriend goes, why don't we live out here? What, what, <laughs> what is going on here? So, yeah, I mean, I, I hate humidity. I, I love, Me I love, too. uh, yeah, I, I love going to lakes. I, I love hiking. I, I just, the atmosphere and the, and the mood out West is, is a little bit, uh, what I grew up, grew up, grew up in. I think everybody likes out there. So yeah, I, I definitely miss the West coast. One of those people that you become pretty close with is Kevin Crowley. How close are you in the big cat? Uh, right now, I am one mile away. That's how close <laughs> he lives to me. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, me, me and Kev are, are, are good friends. We, we kind of have a network of, of friends in Philadelphia. Um, you know, he's a, he's, he's a, a good guy. And, and, you know, to your point about missing the West Coast, he's, he's got a little bit of that mentality. Uh, where, you know, we've got so many shared experiences from playing together, but also just growing up in the same atmosphere. So, you know, we, we typically uh, all, all usually host uh, Canadian Thanksgiving and, you know, Kevin comes over and we get some other friends involved. But, uh, yeah, he's a good, good friend of mine. Let, let's let's a little focus on your National Lacrosse League career. Uh, like you said, you, you got drafted by New York two years there, then the team flips to Orlando. Uh, that 2009 team went to the Champions Cup final. You guys play... Calgary and Calgary end up losing, but that was a pretty special team for a one and done year down in uh, the Florida sunshine. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I get, I feel very lucky to, that team wasn't very good um, when, you know, the, the first inaugural year, which is pretty typical and, and they got good. And, and um, you know, one of, there's a lot of people that, uh, you know, are almost underrated guys like John Orson and the Pizer brothers and, and Matt Ulrich and, yeah, uh, even like Mike McClellan and, and, you know, we had like Matt Vince, if you've heard of him in that. Uh, hey, I think so I heard we, him. Yeah. 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 We, I mean, and Casey Powell was on the run where he was, you know, uh, he was MVP, right. He was mm-hmm. the best player in the league. And um, so it was a, a pretty special team in a, in a, um, and, but a big piece of that was really, it was, it was a unique situation where that experiment that they talked about, about having all the uh, American box players, you know, playing indoor, it seemed yeah. to work because Casey was such a special player. He had a really good goalie. Um, and then we, we injected guys like a Rory Smith and a, and a Pat Merrill who kind yeah. of added a, a grit, a leadership and a toughness on the back end for all those big athletic, you know, talented lacrosse guys who just didn't have much experience playing indoor. Shit, you guys had Rory Smith, Tim O'Brien and Chet Kinesny on that team at one point. Yeah. Those are some pretty yeah. tough dudes. <laughs> Yeah, and Jordan Hall. Oh, right. Yeah, my bad. And Jordan Hall. <laughs> and Pat and Adelina, two of the tough, tough little guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Does, uh, does Casey Powell deserve to be in the NLL Hall of Fame? And is 100%. it a shame that he's not? 100%. Uh, I mean, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's a couple people that are, just aren't coming to mind. But, you know, is there another, is there a better American player? I don't think so. So I mean he's what he's the only American guy to win the MVP. Um he's uh he's one of those guys too where there's a few players and, and you know, I've been lucky enough to play with some through indoor outdoor team Canada's where you know, there's some guys that are they I've been watching that Michael Jordan thing and they have a little bit of like a you know, just give me the ball. 
all right, yeah. I'm taking, I'll, I'll put a game on my shoulders. And, and, you know, there's guys that I've played with that are, are going to be in the Canadian hall of fame. And, and I think Casey, uh, or sorry, the, uh, the NL hall of fame, and Casey definitely, uh, deserves to be there. I remember Eddie Como all the time drawing up plays, you know, and, and he'd almost just, we'd all kind of laugh because Casey just wouldn't follow him. He'd just go out and score. <laughs> and, um, you know, he's, he's one of those guys. He's, he's truly, truly talented, talented player. And I, I think, I think it'd be a shame if he didn't get in because he, yeah. he's so good and he's kind of that representation of, Hey, American guys try this thing out. And, and, um, you know, the, the thing I love is when the NLL seems to get bigger and be at the level that it's at, where when I got in the league, I think there were 13 teams and now we're, what are we back up to 13? Back teams? To 13 yeah. Um, that's where you start to get the injection of, of, of a lot of American guys giving it a go. And so I think it's I think it's so good to the sport that the league needs to be this big so that um, American star lacrosse players get more box experience because they they have that opportunity to play because it's not this tight eight that you're going to risk on a, a guy who's never really played but maybe has the talent to to get better and, and be a really good player. Your first year in the National Lacrosse League was 2008 with the New York Titans. Uh, you played Portland your first game. You get three dimes, but it's your first game in Buffalo. You score the first goal of the game for your first ever pro goal. Do you remember it? I don't. I remember more so that in my first game in Portland, Matt Vince scored uh, oh. from, his, from his own net, and I remember just getting ridiculed by the team that uh, the first overall pick was outscored by the goalie. So uh, that's what I remember. It was a shorthanded empty netter by Vino with 13 seconds left. Yeah, so I 100% remember that. I don't remember my first goal, but I do remember that fact. And I just get oh. ripped apart by the boys. <laughs> uh, do you still have that ball, though? Uh, I do. I do. I, I think it's at my parents' house. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of gone back and forth enough that I think some of that stuff's at my parents' house. Uh, you're now in your second stint with the Georgia Swarm. What's changed in the two years kind of separating um, your stint with that club? Yeah, I mean, the core is still there, which is really nice. And, you know, yeah. having Joel come back and, you know, we, we lost some guys, uh, Johnny Powers and you know, Mitch Belisle retired. And so we lost a few guys, but, you know, having having your goalie and kind of your core group of scorers, um, you know, we lost Jesse King, um, who was, you know, injured for a piece of that, but, you know, having the core group there has is, is been really, really nice to come back to. Um, there is a little bit of a, a new kid in school um, when you when you move to a new team. So um, it's been really comfortable. The organization's great. I love the coaches. Um, Eddie and I have played um, together for a number of years, and, and, and Laddie and, and Chai. So um, it's been really easy. It's been an awesome transition back. And I, I know our record maybe doesn't indicate it, but uh, you know, I, I do think we're one of the better teams in the league. You guys got off to a bit of a slow start. What do you think was the the reason for that? Uh, you know, it's 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 funny. I wasn't too concerned about it, um, yes. only because you know I just know that we have a, a good group of guys. Um, the only thing that was alarming is that our the way the the playoffs work, and and you know you figured well Philly's not going to be uh, as good as they've they've shown, and, and all of a sudden they came out of nowhere with some some good goaltending and improved yeah. defense and, and a, a dynamite offense. So it almost became a little nerve wracking, but um, you know I, I feel like it was a, a team that we have. You know, just get us in the playoffs, and yes. you know whatever the seating is, okay, that's fine. We're we're, we're okay. We just got to uh, it, we don't do ourselves any favors by by going that route. But um, definitely a team that I feel like we just needed to get into the playoffs. Your first year in Georgia, you put up 80 points back in 2017, a point off 
from your career high. But more importantly, you guys go to the title game. You beat Sask in Sask. Um, let's start with the Joel White goal with three seconds left. Have you ever seen anything as crazy as that? No, that one. That one. I mean, although Man Cup. Um, yeah, I, I was, we were going to get there. We were going to get there. Oh, yeah. We were going to yeah, get there. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well. Um, yeah, I would say that's a very similar situation. Yeah. You know. Hey, I guess I. I guess I was a good person since then. I, I don't know. Karma's come around, but. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was wild. I mean, just the you know the bounce pass and, and it getting deflected, and then you know Lyle gets 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 the ball saved by his brother of all people. Yeah. Right? He like saves it with his head, which lands just. I mean, it goes off a helmet directly to one of our players. Like. Yeah. It was. It was. It was wild, and again, you score a goal like that. It's believe me, from experience, you end up you realizing you're probably going to win that game, uh, or if it was the other way around, lose that game. Uh, and then Miles scores the the overtime winner. You know, most people probably predicted to be in Lyle's stick, but how special is that for a guy like Miles to score that goal with you know a lot of the attention being around his brother? Yeah, you know what? Um, it's it's crazy to think about, but, um, you know, we had an OT win this, this year against, uh, the black wolves. And again, there's miles. Yeah. Um, and you know, every year it's like, you know, a handful of goals are on sports center, probably two are, are miles. So it's yeah, like, yeah, he scores yeah. these ridiculous big goals, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't that surprised. And, and it was Lyle drawing a double, which is something that Lyle tends to do. Um, you've, you've worn 20 and 44. Do you have a preference? Yeah, forty-four. Tutton's a Tutton's a prick. <laughs> what a jerk! I can't believe he didn't give it. Yeah, to yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't have any respect for his elders. That guy. Wow. Did he even like offer him money, a dinner, anything like that? The West Coast. Oh Canada? no! If you know, if you know, if you know Tutton, that's yeah, that's true, not the man. case. True. He's got he's got expensive taste. It costs too much for me to buy that off. <laughs> um. We do got to kind of talk about the 09 Man Cup. Like it was, it'll go down as one of the best Man Cups, if not the best Man Cup ever. Um, just all the dramatics that happened in it, the brawl in game one, you know, Brampton winning all their games in overtime. Is it still a real, real bitter pill to swallow when you think about that game seven? Yeah, I mean, it, it always will be. Uh, there was so much that, that happened um, during it. Um, yeah. You know, and, and a piece of that is, is you know it lived lived with me, but it, it's one of those things you learn from. I mean, so many things. Like, I'm really proud of the fact that if you go back and look at our roster and then compare it to their roster, oh, absolutely. like there's like, you know, like the fact that you know they only won in overtime, you yeah. know, and and we have guys that aren't even in the NLL that are are playing on that team, but they're just gritty and played together as a team and almost hometown grown guys that live right yeah. around the West, if not in the West. So there's a lot of things to be proud about, about, the, uh, about that a little bit of an underdog feeling. We had, we, I mean, was that the year that might've been, the, I, I think we were still going, were we still going? Oh, like we weren't going O and D that year. I can't even remember. Maybe we did yeah. the year before we stopped doing that. Like we, we were literally playing both ways, like yeah. in the West and going to man cops, which is crazy to think about. But, um, Either way, um, you know, there, then you you get to this last moment of, oh, the big brawl in game one was crazy. Yeah. And, Who just, you did know, you square off with anybody, you big goon? Uh, yeah, I grabbed whoever their smallest guy was, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I can't remember exactly who, but I remember always showing that video to people, like, yeah. and, and they're like, where are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm tied up with that guy. Nice, like, oh, <laughs> Jordan. So, you know, I remember, I remember Brody, who I'm, I'm pretty good friends with, probably 
challenging me every game five times a game uh, right. at that time, right? Um, and, you know, and I had the ball late in the game. Um, I ran down. I think uh, Brody didn't get the penalty, but he was one of it. Like, I got tackled with, you know, whatever That's it is. That's right. I 30, remember that. You know, there's 30 seconds left. Um, I That's why you guys had the ball at center, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I, I started deep in my end. I sprint down. I get all the way to the end. I, or as I'm coming over center, I start to get, like, held. And then, you know, they just jump on me. And, you know, I'm, I'm almost like, can't see the light of day. I'm getting cross-checked. And, and luckily, and it's man cop, and it's late in the game. You yeah. know, it was obviously a penalty if they called it. So, um, you know, I, I, that just happens. I guess they call a timeout. By the time I'm picking myself up the floor, you know, I, I walk back over the bench. I'm dying. And uh, I remember – literally salty goes, Halsey, like you want the ball. And I, I had my head down and I'm buried and I'm, I got my hands on my knees and I'm shaking my head. And, and Ilya says, I got it. Yeah. Right. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, I, I'm gassed, like nothing in the tank end of a game seven, right. You can ask anybody to make up with that. like, and, oh, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where you go, man, probably should have just taken that. But, yeah. you know, and it's one of those things that lives with you. And then as your career goes all the way to things like, uh, Georgia playing in the championship or playing for a team Canada in the finals, but just, Hey, you, you take the ball. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you don't, you don't ever live with that. Like, like I'm dying and you let it go to somebody else. And so that's one of those things like where, you know, I never physically said, no, I just kind of shook my head and, and that was enough. And then we just stepped up and, and listen, that had nine out of 99 of a hundred times. So he doesn't drop that ball. Like, Oh yeah, that, that, that series was probably our best player. Right? He was and, phenomenal. Yeah, he's all over the floor. He's got that weird style where he's like he's playing O and D, like he's all over the floor, and, and yeah. it's just one of those things, right? Like, and then they got the bounces, and sure enough, whoever it was, like Carnegie or whoever yeah, scored, or right. whoever it was for. So it's one of those things you, you you learn from and you move on from. But wild, it was, it was a wild game, wild series. You spent a, a few years in, in the MLL. Um, Chicago was one of those teams, but your last year was with the Nationals in Toronto um, with Dave Huntley. What do you remember about uh, Hunt as one of the greatest of all time? Yeah, Hunt, Hunt was Hunt was cool. He uh, he just, I mean, so many good things to talk about Hunt. He just uh, he was he was a guy who I looked up into a lot of ways and a lot of different reasons. But you know, he's a guy that he made lacrosse, he had a business career and then he also made lacrosse kind of his priority. And he always gave back to lacrosse through coaching and, and kind of almost trying to get field lacrosse, um, you know, normalized or big in Canada. And he was, mm-hmm. he was such a, a big role. I mean, we, he was a part of the team in 06 where we won the championships um, at the Worlds, And, you know, at the time, I think there were nine guys in division one lacrosse that were Canadian. Yeah. And, you know, after that, it's like, I mean, if you're, if you're a junior A guy and you're in the top 20, you're probably going to school in the U.S. And so, um, you know, a lot of that's due to Hunt. Like, Hunt was really yeah. the guy that, you know, helped all of us, you know, win a championship and have that happen. And, and he was just such a cool dude. He, you know, he'd always, he'd always graduate. Oh, like, I can't believe that guy's in the league still. Like, he'd always have one guy he picked on every game. And he had so many cool, cool things. And, and he looked about the game differently. Like, he was a math guy. And, he, you know, the whole reason that Iannucci had all those goals was because he was saying – well, all the teams all seem to have roughly the same shooting percentage every year. Why don't we just shoot more and then we'll right. score more? And that was the, that's why they're flocking the ball from everywhere. It didn't <laughs> work, but Nuch had like a hundred goals that year or whatever he did. So yeah, was, yeah, he's a cool guy. I miss him. A um, couple more for you here. Uh, being a Philly guy, how many times have you run the Rocky steps? <laughs> uh, 
right now. Uh, uh, more because you know there's not as many people out, but uh, yeah. yeah, probably 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 four or five times with with the dog. Yeah, that's good. I, I, I ran him once. I was out there once. I ran him once. But I did two by two. Are you supposed to go every second step or every every step? You think? You, you know what, Teddy? You make it yours. Whatever you're feeling. <laughs> Um, this has been a wild and crazy time in the world. What do you miss the most, uh, during this lockdown, shutdown, quarantine era? Lacrosse. I miss yeah. playing lacrosse and getting on, getting on flights and seeing the guys on the weekend. I really miss that. Yeah. There's nothing like those, those bonding moments of being with the guys on the bus or on a plane, playing cards, joking around. It's one of the greatest moments that we as athletes have. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, the year I took a half year off because of a, of a work thing. I just, you know, I just fell across the emails to your point, uh, the other stuff too, just as much. Yeah. All these, a pleasure, my man. Always good to catch up and chat. Uh, all the best to the family. Stay safe and silly. And hopefully, uh, we'll get to the other four too. Awesome. Thanks, Teddy. That's Jordan Hall of the, I almost said Philadelphia Wings, of the Georgia Swarm. He was a member of the Philadelphia Wings. He's been a member of the New York Titans. He's been a member of the Rochester Nighthawks, the Georgia Swarm twice, the Orlando Titans. He has spent his entire pro career playing on the East Coast. Maybe one day before he is done, Jordan Hall and his girlfriend will relocate out back west, and a western team can have him, and some team can pick up one of the best left-handers this game has ever seen who doesn't need a lot of ball in his stick to be essentially successful. He has a phenomenal quick stick on the crease. He works incredibly well off ball, and he is a heck of a teammate unless you decide not to give him his favorite number. PSA to Chad Tutton. He probably should give that number up. But, hey, Halsey tried. Tut said no. So Halsey's got to rock number 20. Appreciate Jordan giving us some time. As always, love catching up uh, with Halsey and just hearing some life stories uh, that he's been up to, uh, especially when we get guys from, you know, like last week we had Dixon on and now we get Halsey and they're both UD guys, so we can kind of get comparisons of each other's stories, especially uh, for places like Klondike Cates. And just what life was like back in those days at college when guys were a lot younger and completely different. I love love listening to Halsey say that he probably had dyed hair back in 2004, 2005 when he was just a youngster ripping up the BC Intermediate Leagues, getting into fights, listening to to hip-hop music and all that good stuff. So a big thanks to Jordan Hall for stopping by. Uh, We'll have another guest next week on the OTCB 20 in 20. Lacrosse Flash, one of the homes for this podcast, is doing its Plays of the Year, hosted by our good friend, leader, and chief Tyson Geik. Counting down the 32 best, well, not really counting down, voting down the 32 best plays, 1v1 every week, it's versus, or actually every day, we're going to be doing this, or they're going to be doing this, the Flash will be doing this. The first vote was on Wednesday and they've got another one up today, Dane Doby versus Lyle Thompson. 
And we're going to pair it all the way down till there is one remaining champion. Not so much a one versus 32, 231 kind of thing. We're just putting a couple goals together. And we are plays, even saves, goals, all that good stuff. And you, the fan, get to vote on which one is best. We're not trying to skew it with rankings. We just want to know which one you think is the best of the best. I already kind of have my top three or four plays. It'll be interesting to see if those survive. Because as we know on social media, not always the best wins when it comes to these types of polls. It can come down to which team retweets it out the most, uh, which fan base floods the polls, which player gets his family to flood the polls the most. So it will be interesting. There's going to be some dicey ones down the way. There's going to be some ones that are pretty close. But go to the Lax Flash on Twitter and Instagram. You can find out all the information there and have your vote and have your say. That'll do it for another edition of the Off the Crossbar podcast and another edition of 20 in 20. You can find me on email at teddy.jenner at gmail.com or you can locate me on the old Twitter box at Off the Crossbar. Stay safe, stay healthy, keep your distance, but make sure you're getting out and enjoying the beautiful weather, some fresh air, and some lovely free vitamin D. Until we speak again, be excellent to each other.